back to We're Not Really Backpackers. I'm Janie. I'm Susie. So for anyone who hasn't um, visited us before or listened to any other episodes, uh, we are two backpackers on our journey in Australia. We both reside in Melbourne at the moment, but um, with COVID and everything, this is the COVID era, in case anyone's listening in the future. (laughs) So yeah, we've been basically, we talk about travel and all that fun stuff, but we haven't really been able to recently. So this episode is really exciting because... Big changes are happening for us. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What we kind of, yeah, touched on in one of our first, if not our first episode, we Mm. um, set to talk about the working holiday visa, which is the temporary visa that both Susie and I are on. Mm. And then we, I don't think we really covered it as in depth as we could have, but essentially one of the um, cool things about it is you can extend your visa um, if you do regional work in Australia. So during your first year, if you do three months of regional work, you can get a second year, which is what Susie and I both did. And that's how we met um, and became friends. And now we're both in our second year visas. And well, I'm pretty much six months into my second year visa. So um, to get a third year, you can do six months of regional work. Which, when I first got here and figured out that scheme, I was like, no fucking way will I ever do that. That's so stupid. It doesn't feel worth it. Like, no, that's way too long. Um, Fast forward to now, uh, I've decided to do it. And just in the nick of time, because I am almost at the six-month mark of my visa, so I need to jump in straight away and do this work, and then I will get a third year um for my visa so which is exciting yeah and scary and all the things and you kind of same thing had thought you oh my god yeah maybe I remember all of us sitting there just basically every other day saying nah I'd never do six months nah 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 I mean three months is long enough To do six months for only six months return, why would you do that? But um, yeah, I'd be interested to see what we would have done had COVID never been a thing. Because maybe I would have Mm -hmm. ended up actually wanting to do it. But I think mainly because we've missed out on so much time seeing, you know, the country that we came here for. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like the best option for us at the moment. And I'm happy because yeah. it's been great. I mean, the main good thing is having saved up all this money, which we wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. So that's a really good cushion to fall on. And then now we have a chance to get out of the city into nature again. I just can't wait to do some manual work where I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about students. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not working and yeah it's so interesting and that's something that I remember learning the first time around doing it because I had never really done like a manual labor Mm. kind of job before um and I was really afraid of how hard it was and I know we've talked about it before and it is fucking hard but it's a different kind of hard and it's truly the kind of thing where you can you don't get you don't have to take your work home with you and I'd never worked in a space like that before so I am definitely, I also am excited to have that again. And yeah, kind of the rationale is for me too has been, well, we're still, you know, the, the 
reopening phase here in Victoria, here especially in Melbourne, is still looking like a very prolonged plan. Mm. We don't really have an end date. Um, and the borders are still closed to other states, yeah. to us. So I kind of... I think at first I was kind of hoping to see maybe how long lockdown would be and then maybe be able to go, you know, up mm. and visit friends up in Queensland or do something different. But yeah, the longer it's gone on, the more I've just realized for myself, I even if I end up not wanting to stay for a full third year or doing it at all, yeah. regardless of that, spending the last six months of my eligible time here in this country just stuck in my house yeah. and we've been super fortunate. We've said it time and time again mm-hmm. of that we've been able to work this entire time and it's been yeah. amazing and we've been able to save and we've been super fortunate and very lucky, especially in comparison to a lot of people in our Absolutely. same visas and our same situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, it didn't, there was a choice of whether or not just to stay comfortable and stay in this space for the next six months and mm-hmm. then that's it. And mm-hmm. then going home you know, more likely than not. And that being it, um, which isn't a horrible option, but having the opportunity to then, you know, it's turning into spring and summer here, being Mm. outside, doing something physical, um, maybe losing some of this quarantine weight, which isn't like (laughs) the objective, (laughs) but I just remember how good and fit I felt at the end of doing farm work last year. Mm. And, Um, and it was effortless because you're just exerting yourself and just having that feeling I miss and being so sedentary and like being a house cat essentially for eight months. Like, absolutely. And I know I could have been working out this whole time and I haven't, but you know. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's hard to start. The starting is the hardest bit. Um, but you're right. I'm so, I think that's, what's great about farm work as well is just, you have no choice. You have to be there. You have to go to work and Mm -hmm. be there on time and be physical and I think it's so good when you just don't have the option not to be because we've had the option (laughs) to be working out and I've barely Uh... done it yeah I'm actually really feeling the repercussions now I mean both of us have bad backs but oh my goodness (laughs) like I've never felt anything like this before and I'm walking on the street and I feel it in my hip because it's obviously all connected so I'm I'm just like Mm -hmm. I feel like I've been given so many chances and now my body's starting to um kind of (laughs) backlash (laughs) yeah come back at me for not taking care of it properly so I've actually been like daydreaming about going back and doing this farm work and just getting really fit again and not being afraid um, at how frail my body is becoming, which I have felt. Oh my God, Janie, I found three new white hairs today. I swear to God, (laughs) I swear to God, it's like five now and counting. I've probably got more. On your head? On my head, literally. Where? I've got, I I mean, you won't be able to see in this light, but I have like a couple there. And then I was doing my hair today on the other side. I was like, Oh my god, Jack, look, I've got three more. He was like, one, two, three, four, five. Stop counting. This is 30. I was like, how <laughs> weird is this? Like straight after 30. I hope if I if I get gray hair, I want yeah. it to be the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then I will just have a witch's mane. Yes. I mean, it won't be for a very long time. <laughs> no, it will take 
probably the rest of my life <laughs> for it to grow out. Yeah. But I'll bleach the rest of it to match. Well, that's why this is gonna, this is good. We're going to be out in the fresh air, <laughs> out of the city. I yeah. honestly think it's going to have an, a, a crazy amount. Of, it's going to make a crazy amount of difference to my mind, my body, spirit, everything. I mean, I know it's hard work and it's six months, but honestly, I, oh, I'm just, I can't be working behind a computer screen for much longer. I need a break from it. It's hard, especially... I think working, you know, mostly we're sitting, we're at desk jobs, but we don't have really any, like, it's not like you can work and then go camping yeah. or, you know, go do something yeah, fun yeah, yeah. for the weekend or go travel or take time off to go somewhere cool mm. and then regenerate and then come back. Like we've been working, especially since being at home. And even when we were going into the office, we worked really long hours, which is yeah. kind of just part of the nature of the work that we're in. Um, but we, yeah, having this time, it I think it takes more of a toll on you, on your overall well-being and your mental health mm. when you're not able to take breaks, at least for me and I yeah, think for you as well, definitely. like from all that we've talked about. We definitely. really value that. And that's why we've liked to travel in the first place is yeah. to have that freedom and to have that variety and to experience new things. And yeah, I know we're all in the same boat of with the co with the covid <laughs> of having our options limited and being kind of you know shut-ins but i think this is a good option and it also and it also helps the economy and it yeah. is helping you know because a lot of these industries that rely on they they do the infrastructure of you know agriculture relies a lot of their workforce on backpackers yeah. and on yeah. people traveling for better or for worse yeah. um and it's restricted the amount of people that they can get in to help so i hope this has given yeah. a lot of i mean look i have a lot of respect for farmers in general i come from a farming family originally and you know, it's hard work and I'm so grateful that that's how we get our food and stuff. But yeah, from what I've heard um, about the horror stories, how a lot of backpackers are being treated, I hope that with the shortage because of COVID, they've actually realized how much they rely on us. Yeah, I think they do rely. And you've seen, I mean, there's been a lot of media over the past couple of weeks of coverage of people advertising, especially up in like Queensland and stuff for mm. fruit picking and for how, you know, it's so lucrative and you can make like two grand a week doing this job that Australians don't want to do because they're trying to get people because they don't have the same number of workforce, but it's for peace rate. As we know from a lot of people firsthand, <laughs> that have done that kind of work of picking berries and picking fruit and, you know, mm. uh, it's, I, anything's possible. Sure. I guess it's possible that you could make that much, but is that likely? No. Um, yeah. is it extremely difficult backbreaking work that most of the time, because basically the, for people that don't know, um, the minimum wage in Australia varies by industry and it's like mandated per industry and whatever. So the minimum wage for a casual worker, which is what Susie and I would be for the dairy industry is like $24 an hour and some change. Yeah. If you're working, doing, um, picking of fruit, 
you get paid based on how much you pick and the weight of that. And that varies depending on the kind of fruit or crop and where you are, whatever. So I don't know exactly what the number is, but Mm. um, a lot of firsthand accounts that I've had, you know, from people that we know, and then also just from people in like Facebook groups and stuff that I've seen from trying to find work um, is that a lot of times it will work out to like a hundred dollars a day maybe, which doesn't even cover your rent in most places or food or a lot of people end up getting kind of stuck on these farms because they don't have the ability to leave because they've actually spent a lot of money getting to this rural place and they can't leave. And in the really horrific situations that, you know, we've heard the really, really bad stories of, which isn't, you know, what happens for the most part, but in some places they're willfully exploiting people and like will take their passports as collateral um basically or say that they have accommodation on site but then when you get there it's not up to a reasonable standard or they actually charge you for it or were misleading and a lot of people from what i've seen that do get really ripped off by these are non-native english speaking people are mm. backpackers who are desperate for work who native english is not their first language who end yeah. up getting to these farms and getting totally fucked over so um yeah so it's not a perfect system but they do the industry here relies a lot on the labor of backpackers yeah, yeah. It's uh it's interesting because I think we I remember doing the research to go to um Mafra in the first place and you know, I looked through so many photos and videos and hostels and jobs and everything and I applied for so much but in the end the saving grace was actually applying for the working hostel and then getting the job through there for anyone who doesn't know. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think because I did that research, I was just so much more comfortable with the decision. And I knew when I arrived, it was all legit. And, you know, there are contacts. Mm -hmm. And if you put the effort in, you can find out, you can find good places. But also, you know, people are good at lying and putting up adverts and saying that, you know, it's the perfect dream life. I would actually always recommend people um, read the comments below mm-hmm. um certain posts because you'll often find people saying i've worked for this company do not go they you know and you can tell if it's just one person that was just a bit pissed off and decided to lash out on the yeah. internet and when there's you know word spreads around i would rely on yeah. word of mouth when it comes to farms and working hostels and things i i totally agree and i think yeah, it's the weird thing with reviews for like restaurants or anything else too, that it's like you usually hear from people that have a bad experience. Because I had a great experience at the place that we stayed before and I haven't written a review. So no, it doesn't yeah. mean if there's a low amount of reviews or whatever that it's necessarily bad, but yeah. definitely would recommend doing due diligence and doing a lot of research like what Susie was saying. <laughs> So for people that are looking to or are considering doing this, I definitely think doing a lot of research, if you don't know where, if you don't have contacts or know where to start, which is like when I first got here, I had no idea what I was doing. So I joined a lot of Facebook groups Mm -hmm. for um, farm work specifically. The thing to watch out for those is people will post job advertisements that will bring you to third party websites where you have to pay money to apply for a position. Mm. 
Do not ever do that. That is a scam. If a job posting seems way too good to be true, Mm. like it's above the award rate, if it's Monday through Friday working with puppies for $30 an hour and room and board is free and you get meal, like if everything sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Do your due diligence. And also, if you get linked to a website where it's asking you to pay money up front or enter any sort of card details or your passport number or passport, passport, or your passport number. Wow, I can't talk. (laughs) Any personal information before you apply for a job, do not do that. Um, Do not send people your personal information ahead of time. Because that is most likely a scam. Yeah. Um, so yeah, be careful with that. Read comments, do due diligence. And then if you do end up, um, like for us for our third year, how I managed to find the job that I did is basically looking through Facebook, but also keeping contacts in that area. Yeah. So don't, just like with any other job, you don't really want to burn a bridge when you leave. Yeah. So do the best kind of work that you can leave with integrity. Don't just leave someone high and dry and not give them any notice because you Mm. never know, especially in smaller kind of communities, everybody knows each other. So even if you fuck over someone on one farm, if you're trying to get work in that same town again, chances are other people are going to talk or know or whatever. So try to, to treat it like you would any other job and towards your career, even if you know that you're not like, I'm probably not going to be a dairy farmer. Yeah. Um, but you want to treat it with that same kind of respect because it deserves it. And also it's in your best interest to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, totally agree. I think also another tip is, um, you know, there's, there are a lot of people and backpackers who do do the piece rate work. Um, but mm-hmm. we would always recommend, unfortunately, to go to dairy farms because um, the the work is just so much more reliable. Your you know the cows have to be milked no matter what day it is. Even on Christmas Day they need to right. be milked. So it's more reliable regular work. Although you know there are reasons why people wouldn't want to work on a dairy farm. So in that rate, in that case, going for packing would be probably better because you're it's still not piece rate, is it? Mm-hmm. You're still just packing up uh you know all the fruit and things in your inside and sheds so that can protect you from the sun and the heat as well and dehydration which is Mm -hmm. you know the physical conditions as well are um really important so if you start working somewhere and you feel that you're not being treated well you're being mistreated you're out in the sun you're out for too long you know you're a guy unfortunately killed was killed uh, a couple of years ago he's from belgium i believe and he died of um, dehydration and they'd gone out to pick pumpkins or something and but the problem was it was in a kind of like a big crater so you can imagine the heat mm-hmm. in the midday sun was yeah, just, just building up and up there. and up oh, yeah that's awful. and it was really really sad because out of the all the group no one else felt the effects that he did so they just assumed that he was just being difficult and, you know, had a poor yeah. work ethic and all of this. And one of the guys, an English guy, I think, who was working with him, just saw him sprinting off and looked kind of like a deer, you know, like a baby deer trying to run. Apparently his legs were all yeah, over the place. Flailing, just yeah. Keeled over and um, passed away later, I, oh, I believe. Yeah. So, that's you awful. know. If some if if you're working and you will think this is not right and you're you're being 
verbally abused as well not necessarily because you know some farms know how to talk but then can put you to work but if you don't feel comfortable I would highly recommend leaving um honestly just getting the hell out of there um, because your safety is paramount there's nothing you don't have anything if you don't have your health and your safety so I would not trust um anyone really as far as I could yeah. throw them until you know that mm-hmm. you're settled and you're okay yeah that's really good advice Suze. I think too a lot of people in this position like in our position feel like mm-hmm. we're the desperate ones yeah and might be might be more willing to let their boundaries down or to accept treatment that they wouldn't normally and I would completely say like what Susie said and second that of mm-hmm. if the conditions are not if you're not comfortable, if you feel exploited, if you feel not just like, yeah, it's hard fucking work and you know going into it that it's going to be hard work. But if you feel like something is off, you have rights. And Australia has really awesome Mm. rights for for employees and services available to reach out. Yeah, for the the fair, fair work, you can reach out to them and ask them like, hey, this is what's happening. Is this right or not? And you can do it anonymously. Mm. Um, You don't have to report anything you don't want to, you know, you won't be reprimanded for that if you reach out and just ask questions. And I think that that's something to, and also don't do what I'm doing uh, (laughs) and give yourself time because you don't want to, I feel a bit more comfortable I know the person, like Mm. the job that I'm going to, I know the person who owns the farm and I know people that also work there. And so I feel more comfortable like going into it with having this little of wiggle room, but don't leave it to the last minute. (laughs) Um, Because then if you get somewhere and it's not good, you might feel like, well, fuck, I have to stay because I don't have time Mm. to change farms and blah, blah, blah. So give yourself plenty of time would be another Mm. um, tip that I would give. Yeah. To not do what I'm currently doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd also say don't put all your eggs water. in one basket. And drink water, yeah. I would say don't put all your eggs in one basket. So on this mission that we're getting started to go back to work, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for our six months, we've put a lot of effort into calling a lot of people and calling our friends to see if they have contacts and if they have any contacts, if Mm -hmm. they know anyone who has a farm that needs work and can sign off those pay slips. Um, So yeah, Mm -hmm. what Janie was saying, don't burn your bridges. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Definitely have backup plans because things can fall through. And it's all Mm -hmm. very well them texting you and saying on paper that, yeah, you've got it, but you know, it's not unheard of where people turn up and actually they don't. So you want to make sure. Exactly. And so the job that I like, like the job that I've been offered to start in a few weeks here, um, it's only been verbal. And I, the last correspondence that I have with her is saying, great, I can confirm. Here's my email. Here's my phone number. When would you like to discuss details in a contract? Mm. So I still am not like, I feel fairly confident because I know people that know whatever, but Mm. also I don't know. She could find someone else in that time who can start before me or do whatever or, and I might not have that because I haven't signed anything yet. I haven't gotten there. It's not, it's not confirmed as far as I know. I've been offered the job and I've accepted um, verbally, but Mm. it hasn't been put in writing. So I'm still keeping in touch with other people. I'm still looking Um, just to have backup plans and reaching out to people just in case I'm still planning on going out there because that's where 
I think other work will be if this one specific instance doesn't fall, it doesn't, you know, come to fruition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly what Sue said. Make sure also you get fucking everything in writing. Um, check your pay slips. Yes. Get a copy check of your contract. Every like pay slip. All, all of that kind of paperwork stuff that can be kind of scary, especially if you're not familiar with what it should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep track of it and look and um yeah you're also your employer is obligated to pay into your superannuation fund here which is like the retirement fund that is compulsory for them to pay if you have one set up it is compulsory for them to pay um into it you can withdraw from that when you leave there's taxes on it and da 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 da. but it's money that you have you are entitled to even as a casual employee and so making sure that you're checking on your payslip that it is being added um because that's oftentimes a lot of and checking the actual account too, because sometimes people will add it on a pay slip and it may not go into the account yet. Like those are the kind of things that can be hard to remember mm. or not feel very important, but when you just never know and it's work that you're doing and that you're entitled to. So that yeah. would also be advice of mine is make sure you get everything in writing. Um, and even if you have a phone conversation with someone following up with an mm. email, Hey, just to reiterate. And I just want to make sure that I'm clear on the conversation we had today Da, 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 and write out what it is that you talked about so that it's commemorated somewhere. Um, because you never know. And you probably won't need any of that. You probably won't need evidence mm. of conversations and whatever. But you never fucking know. And it's helpful to have. Yeah, I would also say one when you're having that conversation, um, be it on the phone or text or whatever, saying, okay, I'm going to send you an email um, so that everything is confirmed in writing so that they have it in their head as well. They're not going to be, they're no, yep. they're, they'll know even then they, if, even if they don't check it that day, they'll know in their head that you will have sent an email asking for confirmation of everything. So, um, yeah. and, and also if anyone's listening that um, potentially is going up to do their farm work soon or whatever, I would recommend getting covid tests before you leave um if you're driving any kind of long distance even if it's an hour or so definitely just get all the paperwork that you can because i think otherwise they can be quite ruthless if you're not prepared yeah you can't you can't have too much and you may never need it but you at least you'll have it if you do yeah definitely you won't be stuck on the side of the road somewhere I also can't wait for the fun stuff. Like, I can't wait to go mm-hmm. to a pub because when we, because they're in stage three right now where we're going up, aren't they? So, and their case numbers are down to 36 in regional Australia. So they amazing. might be going down to stage two sooner, yeah. like in the next so couple of weeks. So that's going to be such a juxtaposition. Like, wow, going know, from so this excited. eight week lock, full lockdown with stage three before that and stage two or whatever before that since March. And now we're going to be able to go into a pub. And order a pint. I know. And not have to wear a face mask. It's going to be so weird. excited. Yeah. And excited. it's going to be summer. I'm so excited Aww. to go to the beach again. Oh, can't wait to get nice and golden. I like have a barbecue mm-hmm. and oh, mm. barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be really fun. And we still have the region that we're going. We still have friends that are over there, which is nice. Yeah. And because bridges haven't been burned, you know, there's there's people there that it will be really nice to to see again yeah and i never thought that i would go back oh my god I'm it's so like, surreal Jesus fucking Christ. I, mean, <laughs> I never thought I never. and i left i'm 
I left all my farm clothes, like all of like the boots that I, oh. the boots that I had bought and like the weatherproof, waterproof stuff. Mm. I left it all there. So I just had to go on Amazon today and buy new ones because I can't go to the fucking shop because everything's <laughs> closed and I'm going to be leaving like the day before my shift starts, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Now I'm worried that my sh- my work's not going to be there. It's going to be fine. No, no. It, I, I think it's going to be fine. Like I can't imagine, you know. We're thinking worst case scenario just to, um, yeah. you know, Be make sure that worst. you're prepared just in case anything wrong does happen. That's not to say it's like, you know, it, it's likely to, but yeah. um, you just never know. You just never know what can happen, even yeah. if it's an outside catastrophe like, you know, COVID that affected so many businesses and they couldn't have predicted anything. It's just the same with yeah. knowing and preparing yourself um, for farm work. But yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait totally. to... Oh. I don't know, I'm just, I was saying to Janie the other day, it's taken me this long to figure out that I always had this fantasy of, you know, making it big and a big company and doing really well and, you know, having this great experience and like earning tons of money and being a high flyer. But actually, I really have come to understand that I just much prefer work that is, you know, I, w- I want to work for myself, A, but otherwise work that is uh, personal or in nature, manual, doing something with your hands, being creative, like concentrating and zoning in on one thing that's not 100 emails, 100 calls all over the place. And um, yeah, yeah, it's and that's not to say that I haven't had a great experience in, you know, the workplaces that I have been, including the one that we're at currently. Um, but I just... I think it's so valuable for us to to get back to that and just smell the fresh air every day and be in the sunshine and moving the body and you know yeah getting out of the city. I think it's going to be a really I agree Suze. I think it's going to be a really sharp transition going back to that yeah. because we haven't been for so long but yeah. I think it's going to be a very welcome change. Oh, I'm really I was really on the fence before and then I was kind of like, maybe I should just fucking leave. Maybe Mm. that's it. And I don't know if I'll, you know, maybe I don't know what's going to happen in six months from now. Maybe I'll be ready to leave by then. But I think giving myself the option and giving myself the option to not be inside for another six fucking months. Yeah. Oh God, (sighs) I bloody well hope I sort this back out. I was Googling it today. (laughs) <laughs> I was telling JD earlier, you know, that age old thing of Googling your ailments online. It's not a good idea, people. Just try not to do it so much because. Oh, we've been through this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. I um. Yeah, it was so weird. Jack and I were out walking today. And I just like had this really weird thought process that's kind of spiraled downwards where it this intrusive thought came into my brain and was like, well, what if it's not just a pulled muscle? What if it's like a lump? What if it's cancer? What if it's like, what if it's something way more serious? And then, you know, obviously I'm looking at that thought and I'm just thinking that is not conducive to a good environment for this. Let's just get, <laughs> get that out. It's going to be fine. But um, yeah, it, yeah, it seems like it could be the muscles in between my ribs that have pulled slightly or tw- I've twisted awkwardly or slept awkwardly. I don't know what it is, but it's just slowly getting worse, <laughs> worse and better every day, you know. 
Um, but I really hope it gets yeah. sorted out before we go because I want to be, you know, able and yeah. able to do this this work. Yeah. I was thinking of that too because my I have lower back shit that just started. I think we talked. Maybe we didn't talk about it on an episode before. I can't remember I don't if think, we did. Or yeah, not. I don't think. But basically. Okay, so basically back in January, right when Susie and I first got back to Melbourne after Christmas and we were living in the hostel, my lower back really started to hurt and I've never really had back pain before. And I just thought it was because I'm 6'1", sleeping on a shitty hostel bed Mm -hmm. and like not whatever. So just kind of would stretch a little bit in the evenings but like didn't really think anything of it and was just kind of ignoring it, hoping it would just go away magically on its own. And then the day that Susie and I moved from the hostel to the house that we're living in, it took like an hour and we decided to do public transport instead of take a cab because we were being <laughs> cheap. Cheap um, so we had all of our shit. Fucking idiots. Because we still didn't have jobs yet and whatever, but yeah. it was hindsight. Way more expensive <laughs> because I was carrying my bags and all my shit. And all of a sudden I was like, oh no. And this pain is just shooting up my back and down my leg. And I was like, what the fuck? And I could like barely move. So we finally get into the house and I'm like, this is weird. Essentially, I ended up stuck on the floor for two hours crying because the pain was so intense that I couldn't move in my entire body. I was just paralyzed on my back on the ground. And Susie came in and like was playing music for me and like was trying to get me to relax and our landlords were there and I was like I'm sorry I can't move I'm fucking stuck um luckily I had codeine left over from a previous hospital visit which thank fuck because I took two of those because I took ibuprofen first and it wasn't fucking helping Mm. so then I took two codeine and then like 20 minutes later I could like move and like sit up and I was like wow that was crazy and Susie's like Hey, so we're going to the hospital. And I was like, no, don't be. It's fine. And she's like, you were literally immobile for two hours. Like, we're going to the yeah. fucking hospital. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Went to a physio after that. She gave me more codeine pills and told me to go to a physical therapist. The ER doctor told me that I had ruptured my disc. Oh, and I was gosh. like, what? I'm 29 years old. I can't have a fucking ruptured disc. Yeah. She's like, yeah, it's a really common injury in truck drivers. <laughs> I was like, (laughs) ma'am. So anyway, when I went to the physio, he was like, I don't, it's not ruptured, but there's definitely something going on with this disc. He was like, what is your exercise routine? And I was like, none. He's like, have you been pretty active though recently? And I was like, well, yeah, actually I just finished doing four months of physical labor working on a farm and then I went home for Christmas and now I'm here so I like I haven't really been working out for the past like month or two and he was like yeah this is actually a really common injury when you rapidly fall out of shape (laughs) because the muscles that were strong and engaged are now just deteriorating and it fucks things up so his recommendation was for me to like do these stretches every day and then also start doing high intensity strength training. Yes. Guess what I didn't do. (laughs) I didn't. And so now (laughs) my back started to hurt again and I'm like, fuck, I wonder why could it be that I'm falling even further out (laughs) of fucking shape? I think so. Oh my God, me too. I'm so. And my lifestyle is more like a truck driver now than ever before because I'm just on my ass at work all the fucking time. I really do have to actually be an in-shape person. 
ongoing, which is a huge shift yeah, for me. I can't wait to get fit again. I was so, just so strong and toned and I just felt really healthy. And now I'm just sick of my jeans not fitting. I'm sick of like just my fucking to leggings are tight. Yeah. And then, you know, when you take them off and you have those red lines everywhere, it's like, oh God, indents yeah. in, in your Oh, belly. I know. Oh. I'm like, I think I had to surgically remove my jeans last week. <laughs> and I also looked at, you know, how your phone will be like on this day mm-hmm. and like show you, you know, previous pictures like on yeah. your, in your iPhone like wheel. Yeah. Yeah, I came across a couple of nudes that I took this time last year, like mid working on the farm nudes. Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) It really brought things home for me. I'm pretty upset. It's amazing what you realize you once had when you don't have it anymore. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous. And I remember last year being like, fuck, I feel like I look good. But I was like, well, I'm on the fucking farm. Like, Mm. this is kind of going to waste. Mm. So I would just... Um, take pictures of myself for no one. Totally. Yeah, no, it's good. Except for me, a year. I was taking them for future me as inspiration, it turns out. (laughs) So we just wanted to give a quick update, which is not super quick, but yeah, an update on what's changing for us. This is going to be a new adventure, and we're excited to document it this go around because it's going to be totally different than last time because. You know, that's just how it works. But um, super excited. And please feel free to reach out to us if you have questions yeah. about farm work or your visa or traveling or whatever. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, We've got our email. We're not really backpackers at gmail.com. We've got our Facebook. We're not really backpackers podcast, I think is yeah. the fan page name. Yeah. Oh my God, fan page one. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a generous statement. Um, And we've got our Instagram. We're not really backpackers. Yeah. On the gram. I uh, I think it's going to be fun, you know, podcasting from, uh, you know, our regional area where we're going to be working. It's going to be. Oh, my God. Yeah. Telling everyone about our days. It's going to be hilarious. And think of all the people that we'll be able to connect with to bring on the show and share their experiences. We're going to be oh, yeah. amongst so many other backpackers now. Yeah, I know. It's going to be great. Again. I can't wait to hear other people's stories and bring them on. Oh my God. Yeah. Hell yes. Okay, good. All right. Well, All thank right. you so much for tuning in again yes. for another week of hearing us talk about stuff. We're super excited <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Safe travels, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. We talked to you about travel and um, fucking what else? I don't know. We need to really nail that intro because it's really bad.